We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to the Rotowire College Football Podcast. We got a special edition of the weekly preview episode here. I'm your host, John McKechnie. This podcast, of course, presented by our friends over at WinBet. And what makes this a special edition is that I'm flying solo. This is just John McKechnie here on the mic here on Thanksgiving. I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving out there with their families and their friends. Uh, This one, this podcast in particular, no sides, no frill. We're just talking turkey on this one. This is just going to be a DFS preview for the main slate over on DraftKings. So get excited. We got a lot to get to. We've we've soldiered through 12 weeks of the regular season. We get one more big slate to chew on here as we wrap up the regular season. Get ready for conference championships. Get ready for bowl season. All that good stuff. And obviously the last week of the regular season is always a blast. Uh, There's a lot of implications on the line here, obviously starting with the game between Michigan and Ohio State. The, The spread in that one Pretty narrow, especially considering uh, we're, we're seeing an Ohio State team vault into second in the college football playoff rankings on the strength of their absolute dismantling of Michigan State a week ago. So Vegas showing some respect to Michigan here. Michigan eight-point home dogs in this one. That's going to be a really great game, really fun game. Really interested to see how uh, Ohio State is able to limit the pressure put on C.J. Stroud by the incredible edge combination uh, featuring Aiden Hutchinson of Michigan. That's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of wrinkles to that game to get into. And then, of course, can Michigan exploit any holes in the Ohio State defense? Can they get anything going through the air? That'll be kind of the key to that game, at least in my opinion. we got some other good ones here. Of course, we've got the Iron Bowl. Some of the the sheen taken off of that one with with the Bo Nix injury. Insert TJ Finley. They lose to South Carolina. That portends poorly even with this game being at Jordan Hare you don't really feel too great about Auburn's chances in this one so I expect the tide to roll pretty emphatically in that one I don't think Auburn really has the horses on offense to keep pace and Vegas tends to agree uh, the the implied total there of just 18.25 points for Auburn in that one we also got an interesting one between Florida and Florida State. And this is a game that that doesn't have a lot of implications for the playoff or anything like that. But 
it can be a bit of a touchstone as far as where these two programs are trending. Obviously, Florida kind of bottoming out. They, they go ahead, they fire Todd Grantham midseason. They switch it over to Christian Robinson uh, as the defensive coordinator in the interim. And they give up a school record 42 points in the first half to Samford. They obviously lose to, to Missouri this past weekend, and, and uh, that certainly... Uh, was a bridge too far for, for Florida's athletic department, and therefore uh, they have since parted ways with Dan Mullen, making another high-profile job opening as we enter the silly season. And then on the other side, you know, you have a Florida State team that has been rocky at certain points this season. They started the season with an exciting game against Notre Dame, kind of hit a lull there for a while, but they're playing some of their best ball, and, and you're starting to see the theory behind the the, the Mike Norvell hiring, and, and maybe things are going to start to turn around a little bit in Tallahassee after kind of some doldrums over the past couple of seasons, all the coaching turnover and so on. Maybe things are going to start to get settled back in Tallahassee. Maybe we're going to start to see another sleeping giant start to emerge in the ACC. We shall see. But uh, I'm surprised by the total in this one being 59. I'd expect that that there just simply won't be quite that level of offense in this one. I, I'm very concerned about Florida in this one, and I'm not saying that through my uh, red and black colored glasses. I, I just think that Florida is a mess right now. I think they just kind of want to finish the season, whereas I think Florida State is going to want to finish this one strong. The only thing you can really say is uh, Florida is at home in this one. Maybe that that is an added wrinkle that, that tilts things towards this game being a little bit more competitive. But I'm going to go ahead, break things down, get into the, the games with the highest totals, the teams with the highest implied totals, get a little bit of uh, uh, defenses to target both against the pass and against the run. And then, of course, I'll dive in uh, to some individual plays that, that I will be targeting in this weekend slate. So leading things off again, Michigan and Ohio State. Michigan at home in this one with an implied total of 28.25 going up against Ohio State. They check in with a 36.25 implied total. So that game, a total of 64.5 leads this slate. Coming up next, we got Boston College against Wake Forest. Wake Forest, if you've been listening to the pod, if you've been playing DFS all season, they've been a bankable asset for you throughout the course of the season. Uh, Sam Hartman leading the way, of a, a dark horse candidate for the Heisman for even a little bit there until, of course, that loss against North Carolina just a few weeks back. And then, you know, last thing last week, things really kind of bottomed out for them against Clemson. But this one should be a good one. Wake Forest with a 34.75 implied total in this one. Boston College checking in at 29.25. So some respect there, so some, some signal that we're going to see some points put up on the board in Chestnut Hill. Uh, next up, we got Virginia going up against Virginia Tech, an always good game between these two, it seems. Uh, Brennan Armstrong back uh, with a vengeance, as we saw last week against Pitt. Guy's just been a machine. Virginia's offense, very fun. A lot of good options in that one, whether it's Dontavian Wicks, uh, whether it's Keaton Thompson. The list really goes on. Uh, Jelani Woods, Billy Kemp. A lot of talent on that Virginia offense. Virginia Tech on the other side of that one. Seven-point dogs on the road. They've been a little bit iffy this season. They obviously have a job opening of their own. They don't really know what they're doing at quarterback this weekend, which raises some eyebrows. So I think Virginia uh, is, a, is a team to target among these high 
totaled games here in the in the top part of the slate. As far as teams leading the way in terms of expected score, the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Vegas thinks that they are going to score well north of 40. They're, they're checking in with an implied total of 44.75 points in the clean, old-fashioned hate game against Georgia Tech. That one taking place in Atlanta, of course, this time around. Last time we saw these two teams play was two years ago at Bobby Dodd Stadium. Georgia uh, had a pretty uh, easy victory in that one against Tech, and the implication here from Vegas is something along those lines again. But Georgia, they've often been at the top of the expected score uh, table on these slates for a lot of the season, but it's been hard to extrapolate a lot or extract a lot of fantasy production from them because they spread the ball around on offense. Stetson Bennett puts up efficient but not particularly um, explosive numbers through the air. They rotate those running backs, whether it's Zamir White, James Cook, Kendall Milton when he's healthy. Don't believe he's going to be good to go for for this weekend, so maybe a Kenny McIntosh. I've had many foiled Kenny McIntosh recommendations over the course of the season if you've been reading my articles, but I digress. Um, but th- there's a lot of cheap passing options that we'll get to for Georgia. I-, I do believe that they are going to challenge for that number. I think the defense will probably account for some of it, of course. But at the same time, th- there's some cheap value that you can kind of help round out your uh, DFS lineups with from that Georgia passing game. And-, and you don't have to pay up too much for either of the top two running backs as well. So keep an eye there. Alabama, next up, 37.75 implied total. Again, we think the tide's going to roll. Bryce Young put up huge numbers this past week. Jamison Williams, a top-billed receiver on this slate. I think that you go after the pass in this one if you're, if you're going with Alabama. It's, it's a little bit tough to trust Brian Robinson at his current uh, value, the way that he's been playing of late. He's obviously a good, talented runner and everything like that, but uh, when there are some other guys on, on the board that that – you know, might have higher ceilings. Obviously, the game flow is going to to help things with, with the run game here, but I just don't really see that monster outing from Brian Robinson in this one at 8,600. For, for instance, I would pony up the extra 100 or find a way to, to pony up that extra 100 for Braylon Allen, who might be the hottest running back in the country right now for Wisconsin as uh, the Badgers go to Minnesota to get that axe. Uh, looking elsewhere... In, in some of these high implied totals, Virginia, of course, Ohio State, Wake Forest, Oregon, Baylor, Purdue, Florida, and Boston College kind of round out the, those implied totals north of 30 points that you're going to be try, trying to stuff into your respective lineups. So obviously those are the games to that will be drawing a lot of the interest for for cash games. You're going to need to get a little bit funky. You're going to need to to dumpster dive a little bit in some of these other games in order to get different in GPPs in order to cash and get yourself leveraged against the field. Let's get into some passing uh, defenses to attack. Where else to begin than Michigan State, a team that gives up a hilarious 339.9 passing yards per game this season, plum worst in the FBS and and easily the worst on this slate. The the next worst defense against the pass here on Saturday is Georgia Tech's at 274.6 passing yards per game allowed on average. So pretty rough stuff from Sparty. 
We've gotten a little bit of clarity from this Penn State passing game. Sean Clifford obviously leaves last week's game. Christian Veyu, uh, I hope I didn't butcher his name too, too bad. Probably did. Um, che- uh, checked in. It helps lead Penn State in that particular matchup, but but still not, not a pretty game necessarily from Penn State. But Penn State has been a source of value throughout the season, especially in, in the passing game for DFS. Sean Clifford, cheap again this week. I really like his setup here. Uh, as long as weather permits in East Lansing, I expect Penn State to, to really uh, get things going through the air. Sean Clifford, up until uh, last week when he left the game, had been playing some of his better football of late. So I'm in uh, on this Penn State passing game. I, I will I will continue to, to target this Michigan State defense for the last two games that they play this season. They are just dreadful against the pass. Georgia Tech, again, I think that we're going to be able to extrapolate some value from those sub 4K guys in Georgia's receiving core. Lad McConkey, 3,800. AD Mitchell uh, led the team in targets or led the receivers in targets, I'm sorry, um, in Georgia's last meaningful game. I, I don't really take a lot from last week's game against Charleston Southern necessarily, but I think that this sets up pretty nicely uh, for, for some of these cheap Georgia guys to help you round out your roster. Uh, Maryland's pass defense has been shaky. They are the third worst on this slate, but I don't trust really any of these Rutgers guys to take advantage of it. Uh, Texas Tech checks in next. 266 passing yards per game allowed. It makes you take a look at a guy like a Tyquan Thornton a little bit heading into Saturday's game if you want to get some exposure to, to that Baylor offense. Michigan uh, going up against Ohio State. Ohio State giving up over 250 passing yards per game this season, so they check in with the fifth worst pass defense on the slate. Again, it, the key will, will come down to Michigan's game plan. If they can get the ground game going, I think that's what they want to do. Uh, then maybe that lowers that ceiling for, for Cade McNamara even further. But if Ohio State loads the box, takes things away from Hassan Haskins, if Blake Corum is healthy, then, you know, we might need to see Michigan put it in the air. And, and guys like Andrell Anthony have been impressive down the slate. He obviously had his breakout game against Michigan State. I would keep an eye on him in that Michigan passing attack uh, here. Let's move on over to some of the uh, ground games to target. So Virginia hemorrhages rushing yards to opposing teams. They they allow 217.3 rushing yards per game, worst on the slate. Wake Forest, also terrible against the run, 213 rushing yards per game allowed. Northwestern, we've gone to this well several times over the course of this season, 212 rushing yards allowed per game. So that those kind of stand out as the top ones. Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech also giving up well north of 170 rushing yards per game. Boston College a little bit susceptible on the ground in their own right. Um, and then on the other end of that spectrum, of course, let's take a look at some defenses maybe to avoid against the ground. So Wisconsin has the best run defense in the country. They're just giving up 64. So all those value running backs that we've seen crop up for Michigan, or I'm sorry, for Minnesota this year, probably fading them. Georgia, obviously not too far behind, allowing just under 80 yards per game on the ground. That takes Jameer Gibbs off the table for me. Alabama's run defense, as always, very stout, so that, that makes me worried about Tank Bigsby in addition to the game flow, of course. 
And then Minnesota has a good run defense as well, but uh, they, they ain't seen Braylon, Braylon Allen yet, so I, I, I don't really put too, too much stock into that one. And then I'll circle back real quickly some, some teams with passing defenses to avoid. Won't surprise you, Georgia leads uh, the, the slate here, giving up just under 160 passing yards per game. Boston College tough against the pass, too. That might make me think twice about an A.T. Perry, Sam Hartman stack. Um, I, I think that this is a, a tough B.C. secondary Loaded with talent, played well. Uh, Halfley has those guys, you know, coached up extremely well in, in the defensive backfield. So a little bit worried about that Wake Forest uh, side of things here. I'm, I, I think I would take the under on the, on that 35-point uh, implied total when it comes to the Demon Deacons here. A little bit worried about them. Michigan also tough against the pass, so that, that creates a, a great storyline for that Michigan-Ohio State game. Can C.J. Stroud uh, solve that Wolverine secondary? Obviously, he's going to have the weapons at his disposal to do so. Uh, can the line hold up? Again, is kind of how I led the show. That will be the, the big key for, for Ohio State. If they keep Stroud clean, it's hard to see really any defense, no matter how good they are, stopping Garrett Wilson, Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Chris Olave for four quarters. That's just a lot to contend with, uh, of course. So let's go ahead. Let's get into some individual plays for this weekend. I'm not going to focus on, on the on the higher-priced guys. You know who they are. Your Bryce Youngs of the world, your CJ Strouds, all those guys. You know, we, we don't need to, to focus on them. I don't need to tell you why those guys are excellent plays for this weekend. So starting things out at the quarterback spot, Aiden O'Connell. What more does Aiden O'Connell need to do? to get respect from, from the DraftKings salary makers or the, the the algorithm. The algorithm simply doesn't respect our guy, AOC. He's 6,500 going up against Indiana at home. He is literally the Big Ten version of Will Rogers. It's been absurd. Literally leading the nation in passing yards per game in November, 448 passing yards per game this month. That's better than Bailey Zapp, the zapper. We haven't gotten enough Western Kentucky on these DraftKings slates. It's unfortunate because Western Kentucky, their offense, so fun. Um, but yes, when it comes to AOC, um, I think he's in line for a great game. I'm not too, too worried about this Indiana defense. Uh, Purdue obviously just isn't particularly interested in running the ball. So we can project out, you know, about 40 pass attempts for, for O'Connell as kind of a baseline. He's doing it efficiently. He's accurate. We've seen an, an ascension from, from Milton Wright. Obviously, he was a slate breaker last week, and you always have David Bell. And by virtue of, of Wright's breakout last week, Bell's salary is stayed down into a pretty reasonable zone, especially for a guy with the volume that we can expect on a week-to-week -week basis. So love the Purdue passing stack this week, starting with O'Connell at 6,500. Moving on. Jordan Travis, 6,900 of Florida State. Florida is a mess. Like I said, no Todd Grantham. It didn't fix anything. Dan Mullen out there as well. So I, it just kind of feels like Florida's running around like a chicken with his head cut off. It's just not good right now. They're totally out of sorts. Travis, he doesn't have the highest passing yardage volume. You're not really expecting that 300-yard that bonus from him, but he's 6,900. That's obviously very affordable. Uh, maybe as your super flex consideration, save you a little bit of coin there. Has a little bit of a rushing floor and did play one of his better games last week against that aforementioned good Boston College secondary. 
Threw three touchdowns in that game. That, that's not an easy feat to do against the Eagles. So I do like Jordan Travis a good bit uh, this week on this slate at 6,900. Like Talia Tagovailoa, 6,600. A, a repeat mention for him. He's someone that, that just simply puts the ball in the air a ton. You love that volume. We chase that volume, especially when it's these, these more val- uh, value bargain bin type of guys he's fifth in the nation in attempts per game in november and he's averaging just under 300 yards per game in this month as well so the setup against rutgers seems to be pretty favorable for talia in this one 6600 once again is his salary and then sean clifford 6100 uh Got into into his case a little bit a minute ago, but again, he is going to start this one. Think he's good to go. Gets the best matchup you could possibly have against Michigan State. They're going to be on the road. They don't really run the ball particularly effectively, so it's going to be the Clifford show. I think uh, on uh, on Saturday in East Lansing, 6100. Again, Clifford really like this setup for him. Let's move on over to running back. We talked about Virginia's run defense. They've been pretty terrible, and so. Uh, I think we got to go and at least take a look at this Virginia Tech backfield. Malachi Thomas has been getting a little bit more run of late than Raheem Blackshear. Thomas a little bit more expensive in the low 6,000s, but Blackshear, 5,900, been way more explosive of late than his backfield counterpart Thomas, averaging 6.75 yards per carry over the last month. Compare that to Thomas, just 4.2. So Thomas more the thumper, Blackshear a little bit more uh, of that explosive guy that you can get on the edge and and let him make plays in space. He also is is the most involved of those Virginia Tech uh, running backs as far as the pass catching is concerned has caught all nine of his targets this month. I like his setup. And then you you toss in the fact that Virginia Tech is kind of unsettled at quarterback. I think the run game becomes a bigger factor for them against the Cavs. This sets up nicely for for Blackshear at 5,900. Moving on, we got those Georgia backs, uh, that Georgia backfield to to unpack. Zamir White, 6,900, and James Cook, 5,700. James Cook, so explosive, uh, really starting to, to live up to that potential, to his billing. Uh, a really shifty, explosive player that can also get things done uh, in the passing game. He's 5,700. He's going to be someone that, that I get a little bit more exposure to that, than White. And, of course, with, with the implied blowout here, I don't expect huge workloads for either. So you're betting on explosiveness. And I think Cook is the better guy to bet on when it comes to that lens. So 5,700 for him. I do like Zamir White, though. Don't get me wrong. And I think that the savings that you can get with Cook plus the implied lack of volume for White could lead to White being kind of underserved in GPPs. I could see his roster percentage being way south of 15%. So you can get some pretty decent leverage if you go with White. If he gets 10, 12, 14 carries against Georgia Tech, he's going to do damage. He's the guy that they go to in, uh, at the goal line. I like Z- Zamir White's setup. I, le- I will have more Cook, but I'm not fading Zamir White this weekend either. I'm not going to go after Kenny or, uh, Kenny McIntosh. However, even if Kendall Milton remains out, um, I, I think that they might empty the bench to even a, a guy like a Dejan Edwards. So if you really are desperate, I, I do foresee Dejan Edwards getting a little bit of run in the second half. And he's he runs hard. He runs well. Um, he's obviously the, 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 you know, the fourth guy in that backfield. But 3,100, if you need a min price, just kind of prayer in your flex position, 
you could do worse than Dejan Edwards, I believe. Moving on, Chase Brown, uh, 5,800. Illinois running back going up against Northwestern. He has all that uh, rushing share. Uh, He's really the only show in town as far as that backfield is concerned. And, of course, we love that volume going up against a Northwestern defense that cannot stop the run. So I really like Chase Brown set up 5,800. Pat Garwo, um, a perfect, in my opinion, Boston College running back name. I can just hear from the stands, Pat Garwo coming from the Chestnut Hill faithful. Again, Boston College has a favorable matchup against that Wake Forest run defense. Wake Forest really, really bad. Again, they are near the near the worst on this slate as far as that run defense is concerned. Garo hasn't been particularly explosive of late, but he's shown the ability to take advantage of mismatches. He's done it in the past, did it against Missouri, I believe, earlier this season. I like his setup at 6,100, and I don't expect him to be um, particularly highly rostered. Isaiah Pacheco is is my other value running back, 3,900, the the Rutgers running back. Same deal as Chase Brown, where the explosiveness isn't great, but he's kind of the only show in town as far as that backfield is concerned. Maryland, pretty bad against the run here. Decent against the pass, or not very good against the pass, admittedly. But um, again, I don't believe in Rutgers' ability to exploit that. I think it's going to be the Pacheco show in that offense, 3,900. You could do a lot worse. I think that you can project not a high ceiling, but I think that a a double-digit um, type of output for, from Pacheco is certainly in the cards going up against the Terrapins. Uh, we'll round things out going to receiver David Bell and Milton Wright. 7300 for Bell, Milton Wright 6200 I do wonder if this is buying high on Milton Wright. He obviously had the slate-breaking performance a week ago. You love that. But, you know, at the same time, I, I do wonder if, if people will be chasing points a little bit. I don't think he's going to come close to what he did a week ago, but I think he can still return some value, even with the obviously inflated price tag at 6200 And if you're pursuing that Purdue passing game stack, you kind of have to have him. That's that's just kind of a non-negotiable, in my opinion. And then, of course, David Bell, just as consistent as it gets. You know he's going to get 12-plus targets. Indiana, I think, is, is a floundering team right now. Don't like their chances in this one whatsoever. I think Purdue goes ahead. I believe it's the old Oaken Bucket. Big Ten fans, please don't don't hurt me if, I, if I'm wrong on that. But I think it, it, it stays in West Lafayette this year. And I think Bell and Wright have a big part in that. A.D. Mitchell, 3,400. Again, talked about him a little bit earlier, talking about the Georgia passing game. I do like him. Karis Jackson, just 3,500. Gets some run, um, which isn't super helpful in, in a PPR format like this, but they do love using him on jet sweeps, and he's really effective on those as well. He's just 3,500. You know he's going to get some run here. Lad McConkie, 3,800. Been a, been a staple in that passing game for much of this season as well. Uh, moving on, Zay Flowers, 6,900. Going up against Wake Forest. That Boston College is kind of end-all, be-all in the passing game. Such an explosive player. Has been from the jump in his career. 12 yards per target over the last four games, and he has a 32% target share in that span. He's a big play waiting to happen. Wake Forest is a big play allowed waiting to happen. So I just really like uh, Flowers' setup here. At 6,900, I think that we're going to see some other kind of more notable names in that salary neighborhood, maybe draw a higher percentage of the roster ship 
than Flowers, and I think that that presents a good buying opportunity. So I'm in on Flowers this week at 6,900. I do prefer him to to you know someone like a Tyquan Thornton of Baylor, even though I like Baylor set up here. But if I can save 100 bucks and get Flowers instead, I'm going to do that. He just is such a a you know a dominant presence as far as the target share is concerned. I really like Flowers as set up in this one. Um, let's see here what else we got. Uh, Rakeem Jarrett and and, and uh, Chizim Okonkwo, both Maryland pass catchers. They kind of account for the mo- or the majority of that Maryland passing game production. I told you I like Talia Tagovailoa's setup in this one going up against Rutgers. I think most of it gets channeled through Jarrett and Okonkwo, so I like those guys. I would ride with them a decent bit. Jarrett, 5,100. Okonkwo, 4,400 in this one. Let's head on over to Florida. I know I was just bagging on them a decent bit here, but I do think that uh, Justin Shorter is someone to, to keep an eye on here. Former five-star recruit, 11 yards per target over the last month, 17% target share. So Florida does spread it around. They got a lot of guys uh, to, to get the ball to. It's a, it's a talented, not, not as talented as in years past, but still solid. Um, you figure that Florida, they're not going to be able to run the ball a ton on Florida State. I think they... And especially if Florida State is pushing uh, them on the scoreboard, we're going to see a lot of passing attempts. Shorter at 5K, I think you could do worse. He's coming off a bad game, of course, with just two targets. But prior to that, had started to click. Parker Washington and Jahan Dotson, uh, again, these are the the pairing options for Sean Clifford. Washington, 4,100. Dotson, 7,900. Dotson, don't really need to tell you much about him. He's just been an unbelievable, consistent performer over the course of the season, huge in PPR too. I don't know if he's as valuable on, on a fan duel necessarily, but again, this week against Michigan State, multiple touchdowns could be in the offing for, for this guy. And I think double digit targets could follow as well. Saw him saw his production take a bit of a down t- downturn after Clifford went out a week ago, but with Clifford back in the fold, he's going to be going Dotson's way. And Washington is the one that kind of stepped up last week against Rutgers at 4100, but at the same time, uh, I, I like him this week, and, and the the price has stayed reasonable. But if I'm choosing between the two, it, it's pretty you know slam dunk Dotson. I'm, I'm not really giving you great analysis there. I mean, there, there's a reason why Dotson is almost twice as expensive to fit into your lineup as Washington sticking in that game on the other side with Michigan State they are banged up in the in pretty much every area so I think that sets up okay when it comes to Trey Mosley again Jaden Reed banged up uh, we also have uh, Jalen Naylor who, who's been uh, nicked up since the Michigan game with, with that hand injury so Mosley He's seen three, seven, and four targets over the last three weeks, averaging 10 yards per target in that span, has turned two of his eight receptions into touchdowns. I think that we're just going to see an increased role for him this week, and that's not really baked into the price at just 4300 So I do like Mosley's chances of, of returning value in his own right. That's going to wrap it up for this edition of the Roadwire College Football Podcast. Again, brought to you by our friends over at WinBet. I'm John McKechnie. Nick Whalen and I will be back next week to to preview conference championship weekend. Thanks for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.